Good morning. This is the weekly wrap for Saturday, June 17th. Well, we did have quite a week in the grains. Um, technical action was pretty phenomenal. We'll talk more about that later. But uh, I think managed money has clearly decided to uh, abandon the bearish view on grains growing into the growing season. We did highlight that in a video here a few weeks ago where the probability of, of the managed money holding a short through the growing season was very low. In fact, there's a 100% correlation, uh, as we talked about in that video, that they would get blown out. And certainly this week looks like they got blown out. Now, managed money might have gotten some cues from more macro factors. We'll start with the Federal Reserve. They did pause on rate hikes here uh, on Wednesday. And so the market, for the most part, was anticipating that. But there were a few holdouts. Uh, so the Federal Reserve, by pausing, has indicated that they feel like they've got inflation under control. Uh, they did have a pretty hawkish view uh, on their press conference afterwards, meaning that they still left the door open for quite a, a couple more rate hikes before the end of the year. Federal Reserve is doing their best to keep the market off balance, but at this point it's probably prudent to pay more close attention to their actions which was the pause, rather than their words, which are threats uh, in the long run. This may have helped the managed money decide that since the Fed is easing off, that it's okay to dip your toe back into the commodity complex. And so that may have uh, signified a pretty large shift in momentum for managed money. We did get uh, some pretty harsh words out of Russia over the week, saying that uh, they're not going to renew the, the grain deal after July. And so... Uh, Sources are digging deep into that and feel very strongly that Russia will not allow the grain corridor to be uh, open past July. And so that might signal another bullish fundamental catalyst uh, that we've talked about for a while, which is the war, the Ukraine-Russian war. China also announced that they were going to uh, do uh, some, some significant spending. They are going to stimulate their economy. They lowered lending reserve requirements for banks. They're issuing uh, some quantitative easing. And so China not happy with their recovery, their economic recovery after the COVID lockdowns are stimulating. So we kind of have all macro factors in alignment with wanting to reown commodities here. Technically, what did we do? It was a phenomenal week. We talked about the July uh, corn market uh, filling that gap at 620. That did happen. In fact, we went right through it and got all the way up to 640 on Friday's close. Pretty fantastic close. Uh, and then the 200-week moving average, the, excuse me, the 200-day moving average comes in on July at 643. And so that would be the next technical area that if we got through, would open the door to a, a larger, more significant move in corn up to that 687, which would be the first area of resistance. And then the second area comes in at 721. So clearing 643, uh, the 200-day moving average creates a large buying momentum by managed money uh, who look at just pure technicals. And you could add another 40 cents or you could add another 80 cents. Uh, I'm not calling for those targets right now, but I will say that the momentum is pretty much clearly in their favor. Uh, on the new crop market, we uh, the 200-day moving average comes in at that 584. We did get through that, and so we, we used that area to do some light sales. We talked about that 584 area being resistance. We did hear, hit, hit it 
and now the next area of resistance on December corn comes in at 637. So we did do some light sales there <clears throat> at the 584, but if we go on through um, this area early next week, after the holiday uh, on Monday, we're looking for the next area of resistance at 637, where we will advance corn sales and get up to 30% sold on corn in that 637 area. For old crop corn, you know, it's, it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen here, but it is a very thin market. We talked about that, how that helps the managed money when they want to sell into it, but it also helps us when managed money wants to buy. And so now that we've, you know, cleared this 640 area, uh, I'm looking for that test of 687. That would be another area to let some old crop corn go. On beans, we talked about filling that gap at 1420. That was left on the weekly chart. We clearly filled that. In fact, we went on through it. And on July beans, we went to 1466. And so now we have to look at the next area of resistance, which is very, very close to where we are. Uh, the 1471 is the 100 week moving average. The 1476 is the 50 week moving average. So if we just go up <clears throat> through 1476, that really opens the door to some pretty significant upside on old crop beans if managed money wants to do that. Uh, for new crop, we did get through uh, into that 1340 area. We identified that as clear area of resistance on. Uh, new crop beans where we could make some light sales, some catch-up sales. We did get through that area and now our next target is the 1402 area on November beans and then 1427. I'm guessing that um, if we end up with a, a disappointment in rainfall we could uh, propel ourselves relatively quickly to that low $14 area. So a lot of you that missed that first sale, that would be a perfect opportunity to get caught up. Get to that 25 to 30% sold if we get anywhere near the 1420 area on November beans. Let's just call it that. Chicago wheat had a pretty good week. We uh, broke out above uh, resistance. Kansas City week uh, also broke out above resistance. The Matif wheat contract in Europe broke out above resistance. And so now we have to kind of uh, expect that if managed money is going to get long corn and beans, at some point they're going to get blown out of this very large short position in wheat. And we could see wheat rally relatively significantly. Cotton was chopping and grinding uh, in this, again, 80 to 88 cent area. No real um, breakout on that going into expiration. No breakout of that uh, going into a July contract that expires here uh, in the next week or so. So, you know, more chopping, more grinding. Uh, I think we are just suffering in the cotton market from a, a lack of uh, concern uh, about supply, even though I think that's misplaced. Uh, there's a per misperception of these rains in West Texas and what it means to the crop size. And I think that continues to keep managed money on the sideline. From a macro perspective, uh, we talked about how we do our best to stay away from marketing any crops when the three things that we track, which are the real world, the managed money, and the USDA, when they're not in alignment uh, and they're fighting each other, we, we typically do not want to market grains or commodities in that environment. What we're looking for is a setup where they're all in alignment, where we have strong fundamentals, 
we have uh, a strong managed monies view of those fundamentals and, and a USDA that capitulates with their data. And so I think we're in the process right now of getting managed money on board. You saw that uh, with this week's trade. And to me, it looks like if, if uh, this drought lingers for another week or two, uh, we, we could see continued upside. If I had to frame it from a fundamental perspective, I think this drought has clearly taken the corn yield down from 181.5 down to 170. So we have clearly lost, on average, I think 10 bushels on the national yield. The question now going forward is, if the drought continues, do we you know, walk that down? And I think the answer is very clearly yes. So another week or two of this kind of weather, and then you're going to have to start talking about a 160 corn yield, which would be 20 bushels below the USDA estimate and would lead to far more significant upside in the market if that were to transpire. And, of course, you would have managed money on board. So I'm going to frame it this way. I'm going to say that new crop corn, uh, when managed money is done filling out their purchases, is headed to that 630 area. Managed money, uh, getting long soybeans, will be at least at $14, that 1425 area. And then I think they're going to sit and, and look around and try to figure out if the fundamentals will catch up with that. So those will be our targets, that 630 area for Dees Corn, the 1420 area for November beans. Let's make sure we get caught up on marketings at that point. If the weather does not improve, and for some reason in July we keep missing rains and the drought expands, and we have to start talking about more significant yield losses, then you open the door to far higher prices. Then you're probably talking about something closer to $7 corn, and something closer to 15, 15.50 on November beans. Now, obviously, I don't know the weather, so there's no way to know that. But having managed money on our side now brings those targets very clearly, very quickly into focus. If if that's what the you know what the weather confirms for us here. So we in this kind of a market are going to make continued scaled up sales. Uh, continue to market into this uh, opportunity, but I'm not going to go overboard and pick a number that tells you to liquidate your whole crop because the truth is the old crop balance sheets are extraordinarily tight and new crop could get far tighter if the weather does not cooperate here very quickly. So we're going we're gonna to continue to take this on a day-by-day -day basis, but use those targets right there to get caught up on sales but don't get overextended. Don't get more than you know 25 or 30 percent sold on new crop values. Now I know that there's a threat of weather. Everybody's talking about a rain event coming in, and and you know overwhelming the the market and taking things right back down. And that's very clearly a threat. The problem is this drought profile has got moisture levels so drawn down that even a one maybe even two inch rain is not going to fix this problem. It'll stall it, but it won't fix it. It's not going to repair the yield loss that's out there. And so since we have all of July and all of August to go, I'm just asking that you take a deep breath and, and continue to, to market into this, but not get overly excited um, until we get you know deeper into the pollination period and, and, the, and the grain fill and then the pollination period on beans. Because if, with managed money on our side, this thing could get out of control very quickly to the upside. And, and that's when I want to do our marketing and get quite aggressive on new crop. If things get completely out of control this summer, uh, we will start dipping into 24 quite aggressively. 
and and then we'll we'll talk more closely about that when we get closer to those values. For cotton, uh, there's really nothing to do here right now. Uh, I think there's a disconnect between what the market is seeing and what the reality is on the ground. The economy is strong. If China is uh, is going to you know start putting out stimulus and, and trying to grow their economy, I can expect demand for cotton to be strong and stay strong. And then with our crop very much up in the air, I think there's just a lot of volatility coming in cotton at some point down the road. I have no interest in selling any cotton in the 80s. I might start in the 90s, but I think there is a setup here uh, with continued problems in, in West Texas uh, that we could be in more in a 90 to a dollar range on new crop cotton. So we're going to stay patient on that. Okay, that's the update. I appreciate your time. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Take care.